everyone, I'm Mata Taylor and you're listening to Picture Book Ingredients. Today I'm going to talk with Alice Harmon about what it takes to become a children's book author. Stay tuned because it's going to be a really interesting podcast. Hi Alice, it's so lovely to have you here. I've been following you on Instagram and it's really nice to finally meet you in person. For people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah, same. Really lovely to chat to you as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, very honoured. So, I uh, yeah, I'm Alice. Hello. Uh, I am a children's author, editor and author coach. And I write non-fiction books for children, often creative non-fiction. So bits of, bits of fun character work and narrative and stuff in there, but it's all based on facts about the world. So everything from art to space to psychology yeah. to green tech everything yeah. I, I sure I actually saw that you've got some books about sustainability as well and green living and yeah, how to draw yeah, you do the how to draw one. <laughs> oh, that how to draw one might be a mistable because I definitely wouldn't write a book about drawing <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the sustainability ones for sure that I, I've done a few I've done a few books about that actually yeah, yeah on um different technologies and yeah. climate action and activism things yeah. yeah oh they all look very vibrant books and very happy books because some of these <laughs> books can look very like a bit too educational and boring but you want to seem like really lively and happy so it's nice oh <laughs> good I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> what made you start writing to start with what was the point in life that made you decide to start writing well I always loved books and reading when I was a kid I was obsessive reader always <laughs> down the library getting as many books as possible <laughs> classic so but it, I actually didn't start out wanting to be a writer necessarily I didn't really think of putting two and two together and <laughs> you'd have thought but um what I actually decided that I wanted to be was an editor that was the uh, yeah. first thing I decided I wanted to be it's on the um, same path a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. basically I found out there was a job where you could read books for a living as I understood it and I was like yes I'm in (laughs) (laughs) tell me more (laughs) so um so I actually yeah so I started out wanting to be an editor at the age of like 10 I think it was oh wow Um, very young (laughs) yeah which is extremely weird but then yeah and and that was always you know where I was headed I did experience and then at the university I got a job in educational publishers and I was editing and it was really great and then as I started as I was doing more editing editing actually involves a fair amount of writing you know Please. you're rewriting people's you know sentences and you know doing some structural things sometimes and adding you know, adding bits in taking bits out and things so I just got to thinking actually I really like this and maybe I would like to rather than just working on someone else's book maybe I'd like to write it from the beginning so it's all mine and I I think maybe also 20 year old me was possibly more egotistical than 10 year old me was like I'd like my name on the cover too that would be fun (laughs) so so yeah so anyway I, I asked I asked if I could write one of the books that we had coming up um for a publisher uh, I asked yeah. my boss that, where I was an editor and he said all right give it a go we'll see how you get on let's see how it goes <laughs> yeah so I must have done like a job because then I, yeah I, I wrote I wrote a fair few there and just really loved it and, and eventually yeah I just wanted to do it more and more <laughs> <laughs> so how many books have you got written now in total so roundabout it was <laughs> 
Yeah, it was 43, but I wrote another two last year. So oh. <laughs> in 45, I guess now. It's a lot of books <laughs> in a short time. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you're, since you learned editing, how much did that help you writing your own books? I think a lot. Editing process, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I think it really helps me with understanding that this sounds very unromantic, the understanding that publishing is a business and keeping that in mind as a writer, I think is really important because there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of waiting around. There's a lot of decisions that feel really unfair or that you you don't, if you don't quite understand what's behind them, can just seem awful. And I think actually understanding that, you know, you're creating lovely books that kids are going to read and hopefully love, but there also is an element where it is a business and yes. sometimes things are made for business decisions and you really can't take it all personally or you just never be able to carry it on. <laughs> so I think that's been really important to, to know that. And I think also just in terms of honing the kind of the craft of writing, but I mean, on a sort of, on a very nuts and bolts level, you know, thinking about, you might want to write all these things, but realistically, you can't, a child is not going to read all that. You know, you can't yeah. have that many words on the page or, you know, you're going to have to give them a question to keep them engaged here. You, you know, you, I think you learn a lot about structure and also a lot about how the, you know, obviously with children's books and nonfiction, the illustration, and the design is so important yeah. and you really learn how to work with that, I think. Um, so so you, I think all of those things are really important. So you kind of started writing, having all this knowledge of what actually sells a book to start with. So that kind of made it easier <laughs> for you to to start in the writing industry. Uh, yeah, I think so. I I think it, and, and I think more than because sometimes I I wish there was a magic formula to know exactly what book is going to be like picked yeah. up every time <laughs> and, and sell amazingly. But, tragically, I do not know that formula if there is one. But oh, let me know that, if you find it. Yeah, I'll pass it on, obviously, if I do discover it. But yeah, I think it's just just having that that mindset and that just not taking it personally. Your book getting rejected does not mean it is a bad idea or that you're a bad writer. It just might not be the right time. You know, all sorts of things happen. So yeah, that's a useful background. We're saying that all of this is amazing, that you knew editing and it really helped you out. But were there any obstacles that you found when you started writing and publishing your own books? And these obstacles, how did you overcome them? Well, I think one of the biggest obstacles was just getting over the fact that I find writing a lot harder than editing. A lot. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and I love it. And when it goes well, nothing is better. It, yeah. you know, when, when I really get into the flow of it and it's working and... It's amazing, but I really have to kind of dig it out from somewhere, you know, pretty deep inside me sometimes. And with editing, it just it doesn't have the same ups and downs for me. So I think mm -hmm. just willingly subjecting myself to a life where <laughs> I'm gonna feel exhausted and frustrated <laughs> half the time was probably the biggest obstacle. Genuinely, just sort of realizing that yeah it is worth it and I'm, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it because it's so fun when it when yeah. it when it all goes right oh well, I hope so I mean it is going right you have published 45 books now 
it, you never feel like you're completely on top of things, do you? I could publish 140 books and you, there's always stuff to learn. So. There's always going to be doubt. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the thing you say, it's the creativity that you find maybe most difficult because the editing, the ideas are already done and you just have to look over the editing and you do put creativity in it. But to mm. write a book from start, it's all your ideas 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's definitely it. And on a on a tired Tuesday morning, sometimes it just isn't happening. So. <laughs> Did you ever feel like quitting? No, I don't think. I, I never feel like quitting. I think. I mean, maybe you know, there are times where I'll just be like, ah, and go out for a walk and have a little <laughs> internal tantrum, and then come back. But yeah. you know, actually, I think sometimes just even getting that little bit of perspective is. I mean, it's, it's an amazing job and you know I never want to feel like I'm moaning about it because it is an incredible thing to get to do and I think I love writing non-fiction as well because I just get to learn so much and I find every you know everything so interesting and being able to sit down and actually dedicate that time to learning that is is just amazing and it's something that I know you know so many people would love and 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 don't have and I do so yeah. I think it's a dream job for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it is, I mean, it's my dream job. You know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing anything else. I I love talking about (laughs) books and writing and, you know, author coaching. I love it as well. Whatever, whatever facet it is, just books, (laughs) writing, ideas. (laughs) So now that you have more experience and you've done 45 books and you keep on writing, what difficulties do you find now? I think, I mean, this is very specific to the way that I started out. And I'm kind of working now. When I started out, it was well, it was as part of my full-time job, and uh, and with educational books for schools and libraries, it's just quite different in that you might not get paid a huge amount per book, but it's all quite consistent, you know, and it keeps keeps coming. You tend to do long series and things like that. So I think for me, I've kind of I, I still love doing books like that, you know, but I've also branched out into you know I have I have an agent and I've started doing you know longer books and books where I, I just you know have to think about doing more uh work around them as well you know yeah. to sort of engaging on social media which I had never done just you know kind of talking to the world and putting yourself out there and and doing a lot of pitching you know making new connections with people and it's um you know it's just different it's different and I and I think it's just a different way of working that I've had to adjust to with there's quite a lot of free work involved so you have I have to manage my time to make sure that I can do that while still yes. you know, <laughs> even, even I find it challenging at times <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's, it's a big challenge and so I think that's probably a difficulty that I'm kind of adjusting to but but in the best way you know it's it, it's really grand get really exciting opportunities um yes. but it's just you know whenever I think whenever you switch gears a bit like that there's always a bit of clunking all the way or yes. there is how I drive anyway so <laughs> <laughs> I understand that <laughs> you write educational books but where do you get the inspiration for each book because some books are about drawing some books about space like where do you find inspiration you want to talk about that topic today yeah so it will come from different places so sometimes a publisher will ask me to write a book on a certain subject but often what they'll do is they'll they'll say you know we we roughly want to have a book about this but how can you make it interesting 
and that's mm-hmm. often your job as the author is to come yeah. up with an angle <laughs> it makes it interesting because you know there are a million books about you know space or dinosaurs or you know the Tudors or whatever yes. it is it, it's what are you gonna do to make that interesting so I think I I just always I always just try and come at it from that perspective of if I if I was a child approaching this like what's a bit weird about this or like what have I never really thought about you know mm-hmm. when thinking about this subject yeah. or wouldn't it be weird if I think those kind of questions uh, are good to get you in that kind of kid do you get mindset. like in, in the yeah the kid mindset go back in time take your inner child out and start asking all these yeah. questions <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly or just you know be very thankful that they never fully grow up so you can connect yeah. with them quite easily <laughs> I think. so yeah I think that's often it's where I start and when I'm pitching when I'm developing concepts on my own and pitching those it'll often be you know something I think just staying connected with the world and your interest in things is really important because Mm, that for me is what sparks ideas you know they don't come from nothing they come from ideas for me come from bouncing off all sorts of you know different things that are going on in your life and you know little bits of information little things you notice and well that I think that makes sense because when you're listening to someone and having a conversation you do feel much more into the conversation if the other person who's talking is very inspired about the topic and explaining and making gestures and stuff like that you always feel more like listening to the conversation you feel like it's more interesting than someone just telling facts and how how stuff yeah it makes exactly. sense it's the same for the books yeah exactly. <laughs> all the delivery <laughs> it's the things that I want to learn about now it's like oh I would love to spend like you know a couple of months really just being obsessed with that like yeah that's where I tend to go <laughs> like you said you took your inner child out and looked at all the quirks and odd ways to talk about and stuff like that do you think that helps your book stand out amongst the other that also talk about the same topics I mean I think that every author has different ways of making things interesting you know people who write for children so it's really it's really cool to see everyone's different quirks you know some people will you know they're really good at rhyme or they're good at like a funny little caption coming out of someone's mouth or you know they get it just anything it could be you know it it could be anything and I think just for me things will naturally come up that is naturally the way that you would describe something and enliven something and the way that it feels fun for you I think rather than forcing it to try and go with what you've seen someone else do just yeah go go with that you know go what feels natural to you and for me I think my brain is full of a million questions at all times so my books I think are quite naturally filled with questions of but why does it have to be like that but what can I do next but what if this was true instead of that so yeah I think I think you'll naturally often find the place that's good to lean into for, for adding that bit of fun and that bit of interactivity bit of personality when you're feeling uncreative when you don't you need to write because you've got this project coming up and you just are not getting creative you're not asking any questions to yourself because that's how I see your role (laughs) what do you do Mm -hmm. to start that process of inspiring yourself again I it's it's a bit tricky for me because I have ADHD and Mm -hmm. it affects everyone differently Mm -hmm. but people 
it's it's quite common to just feel like you have a million thoughts at once and it's quite difficult to kind of stop to stop it so I've described it before as it feels like there is just a constant tap running in my head of just questions and thoughts and ideas and you know all that kind of stuff and it's it doesn't tend to run dry necessarily sometimes it can sort of be a flood and it's a bit overwhelming (laughs) but I think sometimes it sometimes you know what what is coming out into my brain isn't necessarily anything that's helpful to me or you know it's it, it doesn't really work you know for a book or it's it's not kind of going in the direction I want it to which is nothing with ADHD it's just it'll go off with the mind of its own and um, <laughs> so I don't know I don't know how helpful sometimes my advice about creativity is to other people because I know that my brain works differently <laughs> but you know everyone does in a way so I think although I don't necessarily have an issue with coming up with the ideas and questions I think sometimes where I get into a real block is how to translate those into what I'm doing at that moment and how to how to get it down into from my okay, brain yeah. into words which how to write I think it down, is yeah. <laughs> yeah I think which yeah. I think is, yeah, I think you know everyone at some point if you're writing that that is an issue you have so what I tend to do in that situation is I scribble I get on a notebook because I, I you know I write on a laptop and you know yeah. all neat and efficient you know but if it's if it's not coming and it's not working I find that just scribbling notes to myself in a very haphazard way all over the place just put the chaos rather than trying to kind of channel the chaos of my brain into something coherent just directly shove the chaos down on a piece of paper (laughs) and then work it out once it's down there Um, and sometimes that'll that'll really release that block because I think it's it's just the effort of trying to of, of trying to get it to, to flow to flow yeah. neatly that is the issue so uh, yeah just... with with me as an illustrator it's kind of similar because sometimes I when inspiration hits me I just really need a pen and a paper and I can do like a whole picture book storyboard just in the storyboards <laughs> and just side notes like it's awful no one understands anything I show it to my boyfriend he's like what yeah. is this Um, and then sometimes I look at it the next day and I I don't even know what it was but it's like I do need a piece of paper like you say just scribble it all down (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I think it's it's I don't know why it works so well but it but it really does and um and I think yeah if you can if you can make any sense of it while it's there just to help yourself out the next day (laughs) and then yeah scribbly side notes yeah exactly it's just like oh I've got the worst handwriting in the world as well so I can barely read what I wrote but yeah you know and then um I think also sometimes what I've learned you know after that point is just give yourself a bit of time because sometimes you know things marinate like you you know your brain carries on working you know without you consciously doing it and sometimes that really does help and I and I historically been very bad at you know giving up and going to do something else for a bit but sometimes it's the most productive thing because that's when your brain sort of does yeah. the work for you and you come back and it's much easier. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't know what I would do if I didn't have my dog Kiwi because going out yeah. with, walks oh, and, with him in the morning and going to the fields and the beach and stuff, I, I find it the most inspirational part of my whole day. Just the, that one hour walk in the morning that that makes the whole day for me, really. So oh, yeah, I also so nice. need yeah, that just time really to disconnect. Yeah. yeah, Kiwi is an extremely cute name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> love that. <laughs> He's a very big dog for a name like Kiwi. Kiwi seems to be for a smaller dog, but he grew much <laughs> larger than I expected. So <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people think that maybe you need to study to become an author. And do you think it's easier to actually study and study literature or English, for example, to learn to write better or the language or, or words? I did do English literature at, at university and French, but I don't think it's really helped, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I think it's so different from children's books. Um, I can't see an automatic, automatic correlation there. And I think the the children's authors that I know, you know, the wider community, children's authors are very friendly, you know, and yes. very, <laughs> you know, and stuff is really nice. And people seem to have just all sorts of backgrounds yeah. you know some people will be teachers uh you know they'll have come I know one children's author used to be a lawyer you know yeah <laughs> all these different backgrounds and and I think you just you bring a whatever you have done before whatever your background is whatever you're studying has been you might be able to just bring a bit of that with you and the yeah. wider range of different ideas and different backgrounds that you have in children's writing the better I, yeah. I think so I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's an, that a nice way to look at it yeah I wouldn't say I mean I think in terms of uh creative writing and learning more about writing for children I do think that that is really helpful and I think I had a bit of an education kind of on the job as an editor which mm. was as you said, yeah. was great <laughs> um but I think when I started to do some fiction writing um nothing that I'm putting forward to publication just yet but when I started writing that, it is so different and there's so much to learn that I, I did do a course that was recommended to me about writing fiction. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's a lot, you know, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, I think getting some help and understanding just some starting points yes. and a roadmap is really helpful, I think, from the creative side and also the publishing business side yes. um, and just where your kind of head needs to be with it. And I think that's what I really like about doing my author coaching is helping people get to terms with all that because it's just it's a lot to take in all at once <laughs> yeah just you know you don't need to know everything but having a good starting point is is really helpful I think yeah so you offer these coaching can you tell us a little bit about what you you coach and what you teach to authors yeah sure so I it's something really for Sort of new and aspiring authors and I specialize in creating fiction so mm. I think a lot of what I do is try trying to get people to think about the strengths that they have already because I think a lot of people come to me with maybe lower confidence than they would mm -hmm. like to have or they feel a bit lost and yeah actually the amazing thing is about author coaching is people have the answers they have you know the capability mm. of doing this it's just helping all that get a bit you know unstuck unlocked helping them, <laughs> see, it, helping them see they've got the potential absolutely and and then just helping with my knowledge of the of the structure maybe of the market of how the publishing industry works just helping maybe refine that a little bit or direct it in a helpful way uh, so yeah, I really, I really like doing the two. It's, it's, and yeah. it's just so nice hearing everyone's ideas and people are just 
so passionate and yeah. want to put yeah. such beautiful things into it I just love it <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said like the writing community for children's it's it's been very warm to me and to most people I think yeah. do you think you can give us like a couple of tips for anyone who's listening who wants to start writing sure my one of my biggest tips would be read which is a lovely um <laughs> a thing to have to do for homework <laughs> So I think what, what I what I find is that um quite quite a few people that I've spoken to, they they come come into to sort of wanting to write a children's book and they they have this like absolutely deep love of children's books from when they were children. And you know, those books stay with you forever. Yeah. But I think sometimes it it's you need that emotional core, but maybe you also need to a little bit of distance as well and a little bit of understanding how things are now yeah. and how the market works now yeah because and, the industry yeah. keeps on changing and it's evolving all the time and the market now was asking for different topics than back when we were kids as well absolutely yeah so I think just just getting getting yourself familiar with the lay of the land you know just you know going to an amazing bookshop which will be a treat you know and just see, see what they you know see what they have see what see what's on offer and you know see what yeah just see how people are approaching things you know find books that you like and see you know take them home and and, and read them and see what you like about them and what you know if what you like about them try and think about how have they made that work so well what what makes this so interesting so I think really just studying it you know in a very fun way just gives you a bit of grounding and understanding what what you how what you need to do as a children's author now in a more practical way and combining that with this kind of really emotional you know deep yeah. passionate heart I think I think yeah. together that is a really powerful <laughs> combination yeah I just think you just described my weekend really <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh, dream I mean, weekend. <laughs> who, who doesn't like to go? I, I just absolutely love going to bookshops and, and looking at picture books. And I find oh, it hard choosing a few to take home, honestly, because there's so many that I want to take with me. <laughs> it's so hard. I was I was yeah. also in a children's bookshop this weekend. And um, <laughs> luckily I was there with two children who chose books for themselves. So I didn't oh, have perfect. to choose for them. <laughs> I may have guided them towards a few that I thought were great. Um, <laughs> You had to shoot. <laughs> when you're developing your book idea, do you keep in, mm. in mind your public, which in this case would be the children, but also the public is kind of the parents because the parents lots of time read with the children. How do you keep in mind this balance? Yeah, it's it, it, it is tricky with children's books because I mean, personally, I think you have to write for the children and I think it's really unfair to not write for the children and it does come up sometimes you know I have encountered books where I think this is really kind of an in-joke for the parents at the expense of the child yes. and it's not really fair because it's the child's book and um or something that is just it's the most beautiful book but you know the text is like adult level like how's a child gonna <laughs> engage with this um so I think I I'm really mindful of trying to not do either of those things. I don't want, you know, I don't want to make jokes at kids' expense. I don't want to do things that are over their head. You know, this book for them. That being said, obviously, parents and other adults are the ones 
buying buying a lot of their time yes <laughs> those kids will be like that looks great I want it but but um so I think yeah thinking I think it's a really good idea when you're thinking about a book particularly with non-fiction I think for kids you got to think about the parent or adult you know, who is who is going to be buying this book mm-hmm. and what, what did they think the child is going to get out of it so you kind of I think in terms of the kind of the heart of the book in the reading experience of it I think yeah kid all the way it's the only way yeah. it's got to be although we'll say as a parent um a toddler who enjoys picture books <laughs> I do enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy the the jokes that they can get and also I can appreciate so yeah. <laughs> um well, yeah I think you know after all it is yeah just, it is the parent that reads with the kid and like it is a yeah. magical moment that the kid is enjoying the book obviously mm. if it's a book that the parent will not enjoy at all and will get fed up of reading um I don't think yeah. it's the one they're going to take for bedtime but if it's a, a book true. that they both enjoy and the parent really enjoys the kid reading the book and laughing and and, and looking at the pictures so I think that's enjoyable yeah. for both really yeah absolutely and uh, yeah I think and I think sometimes with my books you know I've I've heard quite a bit from parents that they that they have enjoyed reading the books and have learned you know quite a bit from the books which is amazing and obviously that's the best case scenario and I think kids seeing their parents learning with them Mm. is so important yes it's like that that's a magical thing and I I love (laughs) when people tell me that so nice (laughs) plus and learning fun facts like your books (laughs) in a fun way yeah so how long do you usually take to write one of these books oh it really depends it's (laughs) it I mean if it's a I mean because sometimes even the shorter books can take a lot longer <laughs> um I think especially if there's lots of technical research obviously you want to get the facts just right and I work with consultants as well but I suppose the editing you do it yourself right editing so if, yeah I mean part of being an editor you would sort of be looking for that stuff and and I would typically you typically work with an expert consultant who would yeah you know tell you what isn't isn't right about the subject which is really nice um, <laughs> and sometimes like a fact checker which is yeah. great but just from the get-go just I I like to you know I like to do really thorough research and mm. um so sometimes you know it can take it can take a long time even for a short yes. book um sometimes it flows really easily and also just the reality of publishing schedules you know sometimes there'll be kind of plenty of time things run smoothly and then a lot of the time that that isn't what happens for for various reasons and you know you kind of you know you're rushing a bit got to keep a keep a move on a bit to make a deadline yeah or you're writing in you know batches that the illustrator is illustrating as you go rather than (laughs) ready we go so you know these things happen and you have to you know be flexible with it but I think everyone working on the team and publishing you know everyone loves books everyone is on the same team so I I like to just roll the punches a little bit and <laughs> sometimes it takes the time it takes but sometimes I try it I, I can try it I can try and move it along a bit <laughs> I try you try, you try and get it into the bit. deadline if you can <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah yeah so but it but it really it, it it really depends it really really depends on the book and I've noticed yeah. with writing fiction I think maybe because I'm new to it I am so slow at writing fiction so yeah. slow so yeah, nonfiction now I can, you know, I've, I've got a fair, I've got a fair rate 
of writing yeah. now, which is nice. It's taking me a while to get there. Well, you just change fields from non-fiction books to fiction. So like in anything, anyone learning a new skill, it doesn't come easily to start with. But I'm sure you'll get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no, it takes time. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just that, that kind of doubt as much as anything. I think if you have the confidence to think, I know what I'm doing roughly and I'm going in the right direction. I think part of what slows me down with the fiction writing because I'm, I'm still thinking, am I doing this right? Is this good? Is this bad? <laughs> and you've got to kind of let that go of it with fiction, yeah. I think, as well. You've written all these books. Do you think an author can make a living out of writing books for children? I think it's a really good question to ask yeah. and for people to to think be thinking about this when they're thinking about writing for children because the answer is I I do make a living I mean this is my, my full-time yes. work but as I said I'm an author editor and author coach that would mm. you know across those things is is how, yeah. is how I make a living and I love doing those three things so that works for me and that's great yeah. But I think that if you talk to a lot of children's authors, it is extremely common and much more common than people would imagine, I think, from outside, that people will have part-time or full-time jobs mm. a lot of the time. I mean, there are there are authors who are very successful who are still full-time yes. teachers, which I don't know how they do that, but <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> to me. Um, but, but yeah, and I think... I know also authors who are full-time authors as they don't do um, editing or or anything else like that but they they do a lot of school visits maybe or they'll do you know consulting work or workshops you know writing workshops for adults all these different things yeah you have to it it's a little bit of a patchwork of of making it work I think Mm. and you have to be a bit creative and a bit flexible and I think maybe that's not something that is that is understood and Mm. I think the idea that you would have to quit your job to become an author I would say don't do that just I mean do what you like but (laughs) don't don't feel like you need to do that because there are brilliant brilliant successful authors who don't do that it is it is completely possible for you to have a job and be an author the two things are not mutually exclusive at all no so I think it's really important to know that yeah and children's book actually take a long time since you start writing for it to get published like a whole year can pass or more it's a very slow process so Mm. during this period you need to get work as well (laughs) yeah in most cases depending on everything but yeah I agree with you then um, as an illustrator, I do do a part-time job and illustration job right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I've, I, I've had a part-time job before, before I went full-time, even as an, an author and editor. Um, I, I used to have a part-time job as well to keep things going because things are up and down, and yeah. that that's just the way it is. I mean, and and it and it's tricky. I think I was just thinking about the kind of lifestyle you want because it is it is tricky and exciting yes having sudden floods of things and then quiet times you know we have to go after things a bit more and I I personally I like the excitement of it but Mm. uh it's not for everyone yeah it's it's not a stable I wouldn't say it's a stable income um but it's like you said if you're a creative person and and can think of other sources of income while writing but yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's stable for a lot of authors and illustrators. 
Like yeah, it's, it's like think- you say, some months you get lots of projects and other months you get nothing. Yeah, and and I and I think it's also it, it's hard if you don't realise that that is the reality for everyone, yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from you know a, a very very select mm-hmm. few sort of celebrity authors, whether they started out as celebrities or became them, you know, through yeah. great writing. But you know, apart from a handful of people, it's not you, you have to you have to think about these sorts of things, and and there are there are lulls and and sort of busier times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you've learned a lot over these past years writing. Do you think you can give us some key ingredients to start a successful path in the children's book writing? I would say, I mean, particularly with nonfiction, I think just go where your interests are because it's so obvious. And it will also, when things get tricky, which they will sometimes, you need to have that push of, I think this is so important that I'm willing to keep going, you know, through this so that I can put this out into the world. So whatever it is that, whatever it is that just like lights you up and that you want kids to know about that you think is so important for them to know about, that's the thing you should be doing. And for me, I don't have one particular area. Some people do, some people, you know, it's nature or it's history Mm, or whatever it is. I don't particularly have that. I think mine is more of a kind of overall ethos of the world is so interesting and so amazing and kids and and adults, you know, you cannot understand this and don't let anyone tell you that it is not for you and that it's too difficult, you know, or or not not right for you. And I think that's why one of the reasons I love writing art books because I think art is so scary to some people yeah. or they think it's not for them you know, there are I, I think on, I honestly um saw your art book and I think it's brilliant for anyone who who oh. wants to get a go at it I think it's perfect oh thank you very much yeah I just I, I think I I really love writing about art for that reason that um just just showing kids that actually they they can totally understand this and I think in terms of making a successful children's book, whatever interest or expertise that you have, I think the way to make it work for children is with adults, you can kind of just give them information. You can rely on assumed knowledge. Yeah. You can do a lot of things that you can't do with kids and you can kind of hide behind that a little bit with adults, adults. Yeah. So <laughs> whereas with kids, you really have to strip it down to what it's I, I think it can and it can be quite challenging thinking about how do I describe this like how do you describe you know an artist without referring to another artist yeah. and how you know that like oh it's very like Van Gogh okay well they don't know who Van Gogh yeah. is so you, yeah, you can't exactly. do that you, there are no shortcuts yeah. and um I think with that you end up having to be a lot more creative with how how you strip it back and how you just describe it I mean how you know you're taking away the difficult vocabulary you're taking away the references you know all things that kind of academic books rely on a lot of the time (laughs) there's nowhere to hide like it's and see you really get into the territory of the basic feelings and thoughts uh, you know ideas that underpin it that is it's so exciting Mm. But it's also challenging. So I, I think to make a successful children's book, really thinking about 
what is the absolute core of this subject and then what are the really exciting facts and bits of interactivity that you can pepper it with to bring it to life but I do think you need to go deep yeah rather than just kind of go for those surface sprinkling of, of facts and stuff like there is kind of deep work to be done there as yes, well dig in um, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I hope that makes sense but I, it yeah. really it really does it really is like the core of how I think children's books should be it's not it's not dumbing things down from them mm. it's stripping them back to the essentials yes thank you Alice uh, but yeah, before we go are you happy with your path and your books and your career you chose are you happy with it oh yeah so happy yeah really I wouldn't stop it for anything. There, there are moments where it's tricky, but that's true of doing anything that you like. And I think I would say to anyone, like, if you if you want to do it, if you've got a children's book that you want to write, if you've got things that you want to share and get kids excited about and teach them, do it, just do it. And, and that doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. And it doesn't mean that you won't have learning to do and a lot of work to do to make it happen, but stick with it and you can do it. <laughs> It, it will happen. <laughs> Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I'm understood correctly, working on another book. Do you think we should look out for another title soon? Yeah. So I yeah I did I wrote a couple of books last year and I've got another couple coming up this year that I know about already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a really exciting one coming out in autumn next year. I am not allowed to give like oh, full no. information about it. I know. I know. You're, you're <laughs> I know, I know. I know we're we're waiting to do a a big cover cover reveal. But I will say that it is it's another big art book and it has a very, very exciting illustrator attached to it. Oh, I'm Um, excited now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I mean I I love working with illustrators. It is one of the best things about being a children's author is working with amazing illustrators. (laughs) You make your work look beautiful without any effort on your part. It's it's a creative nonfiction book. So I've really had a chance to develop characters and speak in different funny characters' voices. It's gonna be a bit different. Yeah, it it was so much fun to write. It's just an oh. absolute joy to write this one. So oh. I am super excited about it. And um, yeah, hopefully I will be able to give yeah. all the details. Your there. social media links will be down below. So anyone who wants to see Alice's books, please go check it out. I really recommend it. I think my website's always there. I'll um, you know be chatting about things on my website. Oh, thank <laughs> you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice yeah. to talk to you. <laughs> That's it for today. I'll see you again in the next episode. You can always follow me on social media. You just need to search Barter Taylor Art and I'll be there. <laughs> and a special thanks to G Beats for the sound and the music of this podcast. See you next time.